It's the WP Minute Plus, your home for long-form discussions around the WordPress ecosystem, deeper insights and conversations that you won't find on our short-form WordPress news podcast. We'd love your support. Head on over to the wpminute.com slash support to donate a $5 virtual coffee, join the membership for $79 a year, purchase a classified listing in our newsletter, or get a video review of your product. The wpminute.com slash support. Support independent WordPress media. The wpminute.com slash support. So once again, I have blackmailed, I've invited four people from the WordPress community to be able to join me here independently. Um, They are come of their own free will. And we are at a focus of this is WordPress's 20th anniversary, 20 years. I have dirt that is younger than WordPress in my yard. That WordPress 20 years, it's amazing any software or anything in this day and age has survived that long. And um, I wanted to sit back with a couple of people in the WordPress community and talk about the last 20 years. And that is a big stretch of time. So what we have done is we are doing kind of like a memory or news draft. So that means we're going to go around around the panel here um, in an order selected randomly by random.org. And we're all going to share a, 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 our favorite memory of a couple of categories. And hopefully no one will take someone else's uh, pick. But if they do, hopefully they have backups. And we're going to spend a couple of minutes on each. Each of our p- people on our panel are going to tell us why they picked it and how sig- why is it significant to either WordPress history or themselves or both. So anyway, let's go around and introduce uh, the panels. Uh, panelists that have joined us today. First is Ken. How you doing, Ken? Um, I'm Ken Elliott. I am co-owner of Be Creative Media Solutions in Columbia, South Carolina, and we just we're kind of an agency, small agency, providing website um, solutions to small and medium-sized businesses, companies, and organizations. My first introduction to WordPress was back in, I want to say 2008 or either 2009. Um, used it to kind of build a small nightlife website and got into it, learned a little bit about it, and have been using it ever since. 2009, yeah. Wow, that that's almost as old as uh, WordPress itself. I mean, it, I know I started WordCamp in 2008, so that's, to me, that's... That's twelve. That's twelve years, I think. Thirteen. Long enough time. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're one of you're kind of an old timer. All right. So um, next on our list is Ray. Say hi, Ray. Hello. Um, I'm Ray Mori. As you can tell from my accent, I'm Australian. I'm based in Melbourne, and I publish the Repository, a weekly re- digest of news from across the WordPress ecosystem. Um, I've been lurking around the WordPress community for a while now. I I first started using it probably around the same 2008, 2009, just as a hobbyist, blogging, and then used it to develop websites for a couple of local nonprofits Um, because my background's in computer science. But I also studied journalism. I worked in um, newspaper journalism for Fairfax and News Limited in Australia before deciding I had enough of that. And in 2013, I decided it was a change. I went to work for WPME Dev as the editor of their blog. Um, After several years there, I started consulting for myself. And um, 
And now I, I run the repository and have been since 2019. Yes, I read that every week. Um, next up is Eric. Hey, I'm Eric Karkovac, uh, longtime freelance designer and writer. Um, I want to say I started using WordPress. Uh, I think the first usage was probably like for a project in, in 2007, um, but not regularly, like exclusively until around 2010. Um, now it's kind of like what I use for every project. And um, I also like to write about it. Um, you can see me over on speckyboy.com and the WP Minute. Specky Boy, yes. that You heard that right. Uh, we will include all these links in the show notes. But if you see Specky Boy in the show notes, that wasn't a copy and paste error on my part. That is that is where you can find Eric. And last but not least, uh, Jeff. Uh, I like let's let's try to find how people might know you, Jeff. Uh, yeah, hello. My name is uh, Jeff Chandler. Um, got involved with WordPress around 2006, 2007, at the height of all the Web 2.0 stuff. I was using Joomla at the time. I have a Joomla user, and they had just forked from Mambo. And all these years later, um, I actually understand what a fork is now. I didn't know at the time, but <laughs> um, uh, the commenting feature of WordPress is actually the one thing that led me to using the software. And once I got the WordPress bug, I was, I've, I've been sick ever since and I haven't regretted it. <laughs> so I've been uh, working with WordPress for a long time. I'm the founder of WPTavern.com. I'm no longer associated with that site, but at one time it was the bee's knees of WordPress sites in the WordPress community. And I've been around a long time. And so this show is perfect for me and I can't wait to go down memory lane with the rest of y'all and, and see, what, uh, see what some of the memorable moments are that you have. Yeah, this is almost this, in about ten years. This is going to be ger geriatric press because all of us here are old. Or um, we've done. I've had conversations with people that have, that have been in WordPress, maybe a couple of years before, uh, maybe maybe 2018, 2019. But all of us remember a lot of things. So I'm I'm very interested in get in hearing what you all have to say. So our first category is uh, WordPress releases. So. Ken, you're first up, so uh, you get first pick. And uh, by the way, if anybody wants to know my history, I'll throw that into the show notes. But I, I, I'm using my time today to throw additional questions to our panelists. If you want to hear anything I have to say, there's another episode that I'll link to in the show notes where I give my picks as well. I may mention them in, in passing, but I wanted to, um, I wanted to keep as much time for our panelists today here as possible. So, Ken, name your WordPress release. I've been trying to decide heavily, but being that this is a draft, in a draft, you always go for the top player, the top mm. pick, that, the top person. That is a strategy. Most. That could be a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know number ones have always had instances where they aren't always number one, but I feel very confident in this being the number one overall most talked about release in the WordPress community since. And you, it has to be. You know, there's no prizes, right? Okay, go ahead. There's no prizes, okay. but hey, you know right. what? There's I'm pride. The there's, pride. there's a pride. There's pride. But um, it has to be 5.0. I mean, there's no way around it. 5.0 was the big one. We're talking about this was the big release of our beloved block editor, Gutenberg. Um, it is available. It's the big 
drag and drop. Here it is. Let's plug it in. Let's do it. Let's not just grab some short code to make stuff look good in the actual editor. Let's actually add stuff, put it in there. You can just grab it and drag stuff around. That has to be like the number one most talked about release. And people are still talking about it to this day. So it has to be. All right. Well, that's a, that is a good pick. Does anybody remember the time when the 5.0 came out right before WordCamp US? Does anybody remember what things were like then at WordCamp US? I think in Philly at 2018. A, a little controversial at the time, wasn't it? Wow. Okay. We've WP Cast A WP Drama. Hello. Ken, <laughs> you you have very quickly achieved the understatement of the podcast award. So congratulations there. Um, I remember I was working for uh, for a company. Uh, we were working on a plugin. I remember being my in my hotel room, like on that Wednesday or Thursday, before WordCamp weekend, um, like trying to make sure things were all ready to go for it to push out to the plugin repo. Uh, so I spent my a couple of days in a hotel room or for that. So that was me. That's what I was doing already in Philly, and there was lots of conversation going on in the forums, and I think there was doubt. If there was going to, it was going to happen. And then Matt was involved and Matt said, Matt at some point came down and made the announcement. I can't remember when my details are a little bit fuzzy. Um, but if anybody remembers that time, I would maybe rose colored glasses, maybe, or, 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 or just our memory, memory cells. A, dying. Lot, a lot of optimism for certain. That's the best way to approach it. Lots of optimism. There was that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I remember, um, and maybe we'll, well, maybe we'll touch on other things related to this later in another category. So I don't want to spill the beans too much, but that was, I, I think unless anybody else, they want to add to WordPress 5.0 for me, that was a controversial, probably the most controversial release among other things, but controversial. If somebody asked me that I would go for 5.0. So. Uh, optimism is one word. OMG WTF is another to describe what was going on there after that release. Because a lot of people were looking at it and wondering, uh, these are uncharted waters that we're going into now. What is going to happen? What? How, how am I going to change my business? How am I going to adjust to the new way of doing things? And a lot of consultants and agencies were flat out scared. They didn't know. They were now rushed into this uh, time period of uncertainty. Or the fact it was going out very quickly at that time at all when it when it when it could have been waited. Um, I think in retrospect it went well okay and a lot of stuff came out of that, but um good and stuff that we needed to work on. But yeah, it was I remember having hallway conversations before the state of the word which was at the end of WordCamp OS about it, and a lot of people were having some vivid conversations about it. So I I, I think I think at WordCamp EU was when Matt Mulloway kind of officially announced that Gutenberg was coming. I think at I think at that event he actually released maybe uh, it was part of it was beta or it might have been alpha, but it, that was the first chance that I think we all really got to see what this Gutenberg editor was going to be about. But yeah, WordCamp US and WordPress 5.0 was the official. All right, everybody gets a chance to use it now. Yeah, we could talk about it. That could be an episode on its own. But anyway, well, 5.0 definitely left a scar in my mind. Or, or you know, a nice rosy garden. Whatever. Both both simultaneously. Ray, get me out of this uh, trap I've dug myself <laughs> in. What what uh, WordPress release do you favor? 
So I'm just happy that Ken didn't pick my pick. I was like, don't pick mine. Um, the most memorable WordPress release for me um, as a woman is um, WordPress 5.6, Simone, um, the first ever all-women non-binary identifying release squad. Um, it was it was just really great to see such a great contributing team put out a solid release. Um you know, um, led by Josepha Hayden, um, who took on the release lead role. Matt Mallenweg wasn't really um, wasn't project lead for a change, um, and the um, incredible um, Helen Husandi as um, core tech lead. Um, and that's just two people to highlight there. There were so many talented people who took on core contributor roles um, for the first time to make this release, and I'm really excited to see it happen again um, for 6.4 later in the year. Um, at the time, I really appreciated um, Peter Wilson's comments. He's an, um, a sponsored core contributor from um, Awesome Motive. And he said at the time that, um, and I've written it down here, the, um, the WordPress 5.6 release has been the smoothest I've seen for several releases. And he also said something along the lines of it would be a huge benefit for the WordPress project if um, the 5.6 release squad were to run another release soon. So it's been... By the time 6.4 comes out, it'll be about three years since that release. So finally, it's happening again soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a memorable release for me. Oh, excellent. And yeah, that that is, I'm glad it's happening again. I'm glad it's not a one-off. And I'm hoping we can do these enough times where it starts to get more frequent, or at least, if not the frequency, then the... Uh, than the, than the ease maybe, uh, or using that to get to more, open that up to more con contributors set by setting an example, right? So that's- Yeah, absolutely. I have a good feeling about that. So speaking of good feelings, Eric, I'd like to hear your WordPress release okay. update. Yeah, so I tried to go for something that was big, but kind of obscure. So I'm gonna go with uh, way back to WordPress 1.2, code name Mingus. Don't ask me who Mingus is. <laughs> it's got to be it, a jazz. It's got to be a jazz one, right? I thought it was a Beavis and Butthead reference at first, <laughs> I, but that. I'm just kidding. Don't 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 come now, at me, Matt. Now I'm, awake. Now I'm going to uh, get emails, but go ahead. <laughs> but but this was this was huge because it added the plugin architecture. Where would WordPress be without a plugin architecture? Um, that's what initially separated it from every other CMS out there. Um, anyone could come in and build something onto WordPress. Um, you know, folks, uh, I believe in South Africa built uh, the original WooCommerce. Uh, we've had, you know, Gravity Forms, Yoast, um, yeah, thousands and thousands of plugins that come from all over the world. And we wouldn't have any of that without a plugin architecture. So I think that's something that um, is an early milestone, but one I think we ought to recognize is, you know, being pretty huge for, for the history of, uh, and future. Yes. Dig in that primordial soup and pull out a 1.2. <laughs> Jeff, uh, bring it home for us. What is, what, it, what, what WordPress release tickles your fancy? Oh, well, I've been around a while. I've, I've seen a few things, but one of the most memorable WordPress releases for me was Word, WordPress 2.5 Brecker. And, this is kind of a two-parter, just kind of two releases. They go hand in hand, but 2.5 Brecker actually was released on a Saturday, March 29, 2008. So it was released on the weekend, and it was because 
during Matt Mullenweg's uh, keynote presentation at WordCamp Dallas, he actually announced it on stage. It was like a live release oh. to, of WordPress. And it was the first and has been the last. He has not <laughs> actually released a major version of WordPress again while on stage uh, during an event or at least on the weekend. And 2.5 was huge because it came with a redesigned backend that was were Happy Cog. They collaborated with Happy Cog Designs, and it turns out that the 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 redesigned backend was not well received by the community. Uh, and really, the core team didn't know why. And so there were some investigations that took place. And Jane Milo, her name's she goes by Jane. She, Jane Milo now, but back then she was Jane Wells. She started leading this community initiative and they came up with the code name Crazy Horse. And the Crazy Horse project is what became of WordPress 2.7. And this was a, a really fun time to be part of the WordPress community for me because Jen was uh, asking, she was uh, publishing polls on WordPress.org. She was publishing in forums. She was creating all these different ways to gather feedback from the community. And like for the first time, it felt like my voice mattered. It felt like I had a chance to influence the design and development of WordPress. And once 2.7 was released, it was a huge hit. We had drag and drop in the back end. You can mess around with your dashboard. Everything looked great. And uh, it, was, it was all led by her and, and a team in the community. And ever since WordPress 2.7, I haven't had that same experience or that feeling where it feels like I'm really, truly a part of the design or development of WordPress. And it makes me sad. But, man, those were, those were exciting and memorable times for me. And you, that's 2.7, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. So, yeah. I, it, the, so, um, what, what feature in particular in 2.7 stood out to you the most? Uh, the redesign backend where you can, I think that's the first time where we were able to control drag and drop uh, dashboard modules and just sort of, sort of the redesign UI. A lot of small things turn into a big, turn into a big thing. Okay. And it was, uh, it was really cool. It was way better than the outsourced collaboration with Happy Cog in 2.5. So I think Happy they learned their Cog. lesson. Let's just, let's just stick in house from now on. Happy Cog is a word I haven't heard in a long time. And if you if you don't know what Happy Cog is, go ahead and Google it, fine listener. But that shows you how old we are. I think I think Jeffrey Zeldman was part of Happy Cog. He's at Automatic now, so you know, yeah, full circle. Uh, for me, uh, in case anybody was asking, um, one point five was my pick um, because it introduced uh, themes, I believe, and um, you can't. Because because plugins came first, right? Actually, it came with pages. I'm sorry, I'm getting my. Uh, uh, it came with pages and themes, I believe, and um, and you know what the default theme was in February 2005. What is the only theme that you ever saw for years before the default WordPress themes? It was Kubrick. Oh, Kubrick. Yes. <laughs> That blue son of a motherless goat that everybody saw, nobody changed, right? With that but it had two- rounded corners. Yeah, but so do I, but you don't see me that popular. <laughs> so anyway, 1.5 came out in February, it had pages, which I, 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 needed, I needed a CMS. I didn't need a blog for my clients. Pages was right up the comment moderation tools. It had Kubrick. It had a completely new theme system. So 
and maybe maybe that's how I remember. It's a completely new theme system. Maybe it had themes prior to that, but um, it theme system was enhanced in Kubrick, like for the next probably for the next seven years or something. I think Kubrick was. You type a WordPress blog into Google Images, you saw the same Kubrick default theme. So um, anyway. Let's go on to round two. Those were all great picks. Uh, I feel sorry for any WordPress versions in the three or four range, but that's okay. Um, we are now going to go on to WordCamp experience. So this is a, this is kind of broad. So um, you can go ahead and um, pick a WordCamp in terms of location or year. Um, that's kind of like what we're looking for. And there probably was something in particular that stood out for you for that WordCamp. This WordCamp can be a physical one you attended or it could have been a virtual one as well. So we had a question on that before, but yeah, you know, attending means you actually absorb the knowledge, preferably live. You didn't have, whether you spoke or not. So anyway, um, Ken, um, name us your favorite or <laughs> most memorable WordCamp over the years, if you had to pick one. My first U.S camp in nashville and for some reason i don't know why but i think my expectations i came in a little bit tempered only because i wasn't too sure what, what was the difference between us and the local conferences and so i was still kind of green at the time i had just went to my first word camp in atlanta 2016 didn't follow it up with 2017 and then i was like well you know, I've done that. Let's go and see what an actual national U.S. WordPress conference is like. And so when I finally got there in Nashville, I saw they had rented out the convention center. I was like, okay, no big deal. I've seen a lot of places rent out convention centers and they don't pack it out. Um, but when I finally got there and I saw just how massive WordPress was and how many people attended and how many vendors attended and how many people were just genuinely excited to be there and was willing to talk and discuss and discuss and brainstorm and just have conversations and not just, hey, I want to stay, just have a conversation, but hey, let's get into a hallway and, you know, we can powwow some ideas out. It was phenomenal to me. Um, of course, the weather was quite cool. There was a little bit of snow um, there in Nashville, but I definitely got to enjoy a lot of it and like I said, Nashville so far is my favorite national conference, um, U.S. conference. Yeah, Nashville was pretty good. And it was uh, it was December 4th and through the 6th in Philly. Actually, you said, this, I'm sorry, what year was this? Because I'm getting this mixed up with one in Philly. It's not the first work camp you was. It's the first one you attended. What year was that? The first one I attended, yeah, in 2018. 2018, yes. right. Yeah, so that was in Nashville. I'm not sure what days those. I don't know if it's October or November. I can't remember exactly. I'm pulling it up here in a second. Uh, shame on them for not putting. Of course, they don't have. Um, they don't have the date on the website exactly. I'm. Anyway. Um, yeah. That I thought. I thought Nashville was pretty good. I don't remember snow. I remember something that pretended it was snow. <laughs> Uh, like I, I, I felt like somebody was sneezing on me constantly. That was about all I can remember of, of the weather, but Hey, I, I'm from Florida, so I really shouldn't be picky. 
I believe it was into early December as well at 20 in 2018. Yeah. Something like that, because that's usually the, where they fell in between and the, uh, and the thanking post on the website was from December 19th. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say it was for 2018. It's probably first week in December. Sounds about right. So great. Well, that's great. That's first word camp us is always memorable. Um, on that level of a scale, no matter if you went to a previous WordCamp or not. Ray, uh, what WordCamp uh, sticks in your mind? Uh, I don't get out of Australia much for, for WordCamps, um, but um, the, the biggest and best one I've attended was um, WordCamp Europe in 2015 in Seville in Spain. Um, it was my first really big WordCamp Um and it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was, for a start, Seville was hot as hell. I saw this great yeah. meme uh, when I was looking it up yesterday. I think it was, it was well, in, in Celsius it was 40 plus degrees, but I saw this great meme um, of someone explaining the geography of where Seville is in Spain and it was um, like a picture in space of Earth, the sun, and Seville was somewhere really close to the sun. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was just fun. a fantastic event. The location was great. It was um at a, a kind of conference hotel venue that had a pool. So when I wasn't attending the hallway track or popping into presentations, I was spending time by the pool with um, colleagues from WPME Dev where I was working at the time. And it was just such a such a vibe, you know, those, those um, big events are such a vibe. Being able to just go up and say hello to people that um, I spent so much time meeting and talking to online, conversing with on Twitter, um, and then um, just being in Spain as well. Um, I love that they nap during the middle of the day. They're out late at night having drinks and eating. You and, can do um, that when you have no kids and you take a nap during the day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, it was I didn't get much sleep that week and it was, I was exhausted when I got home and I was happily exhausted and I can't wait to hopefully do it again soon. Yeah. 2015, we forget how long Europe's been around. I can't remember. There is one work camp Europe that was, that was notorious for heat. And it like, I forget it was like the after party. It was so hot that people couldn't, could barely attend it or something like that. I don't know if it was 2015 or it's hard to tell because they're all, in this, they're all in the same general time of the year over there. And pretty much anywhere in Europe is pretty much quite warm over there um, in most, most countries, but that's fantastic. I, um, I have yet to attend a real live work camp Europe. I spoke during COVID time. So I was there virtually. So I'm really envious and would love to go, but I have to bring my whole family with me or they'll shoot me. So I have to wait until a good opening where they don't don't miss me. Same way over here. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we have a US and we have a Europe. Um, let's see what what does Eric have in store for us. So I picked um, the first WordCamp I went to, which was uh, WordCamp Philadelphia in 2011. Um, at that point, I had started using WordPress pretty regularly. I did not realize the community that was surrounding it at that time. And I was actually just blown away that the event was well attended. I learned a lot. I met a lot of cool people. And most of all, I loved how informal it was. Um, you know, used to like a tech conference, you picture all of these people in, you know, fancy Elon Musk outfits or whatever. 
Oh, great. Now now the AI is going to turn against me in the transcript. <laughs> sorry, Elon. Not sorry. Um, but just the the um, the great community vibe that was there, um, that people of all backgrounds, all user levels, all developer levels were there. Uh, I was just starting to learn how to, you know, like rip a theme apart and kind of customize it at that time. And there were people that, knew you know knew it like the back of their hands and i was just so amazed that they were coming there of on their own time to teach others and i that just kind of sold me on this kind of hippie ideal of <laughs> open source and wordpress so i think hey, that man <laughs> hey man can you can you spare a few comments do you, do you have a a kismet i don't know <laughs> bless you uh <I'm> sorry <laughs> no i shared the link to to, I found the uh, the Philadelphia WordCamp website from 2011. I just shared it with you all. Take a look at it for a second. First of all, how simple WordPress WordCamp websites were. Absolutely. Um, now I see what WP Ho WP Engine is giving all WordCamp Philly attendees free hosting for life. <laughs> see that in the up on the right hand side. Oh, click here for details. You may want to see if that deal is still good, um, but. <laughs> If you ever want to have an interesting time, go to these older WordCamp websites and anything before maybe 2016 and look at the sponsors. Um, for You'll see old logos of, of current ones and you see companies that may not exist anymore, but you, like you, all of us might remember back in the day. So there's, um, and, um, and forgive me if I don't mean to imply that these may not longer be with us or they've been absorbed, but I'm just reading off. I'm looking here. I see, I guess that's Theme Builder or is it iBuilder? Uh, the construction, the yellow construction hat, um, backup buddy, jetpack with the actual jetpack as the logo. <laughs> Web Dev Studios logo hasn't really changed that much. Um, but yeah, this remember when Sticker Giant um, sponsored all the WordCamps? We're giving away free stickers, which they might still do. Um, anyway, it's it's a nice look. It's it's a nice piece of history. This website too. So I, um, it sounds it's fundamentally your first, you'll never forget your first work camp. You never forget your first, you know? And I love that they keep the websites around because yeah. it is something nice to revisit over time. You can, you know, look at people that maybe haven't, you haven't seen in a while or, you know, that you had forgotten about are still on those attendee lists. Yeah. It's nice to see uh, Nason's face again. Uh, all right. Does badges still exist? This is just off topic. Do badges still exist? Yeah. For you mean for conferences or you mean for this 2011 one? Does anybody have it? Do you still have your badge, Eric? Yes. I may have it in a, in a uh, closet somewhere. What we, what did you mean? Uh, Ken? Yeah. Cause I see the badges are still here and I was like, I'm speaking speaker sponsor. Do people still do that? Yep. Hey, listen, you know, if you're somebody like me and you need, you don't have a lot to brag about, you know, anyway, so Philly 2011, that's our oldest picked WordCamp so far. So Jeff, uh, time to share yours. I'm going way back again. I'm going back to 2008. WordCamp Dallas took place in Frisco, Texas. In fact, Frisco City Hall. And that's the first time I was able to, it was my first WordCamp. And it was the first time I was going to be able to meet Matt Mullenweg in person firsthand. And at the time, he was the closest thing to a celebrity uh, that, that I could remember. I mean, I thought he was, 
he was everything. He was a celebrity. He was great. He was like a rock star to me. And to, to be able to meet him was great. And he actually attended that work camp event a bit late because he had just had his wisdom teeth pulled. So he was when he was walking in, he had his mother on one side and his sister Charlene on the other, and he was woozy. And we we're all wondering how could he do his presentation if he just had his wisdom teeth pulled, but <laughs> somehow he plowed through it. And I remember him, I talked his ear off and he was so accommodating and he was not like, he was not like a celebrity at all. There wasn't this paparazzi. He was very, very uh, willing to, to, to give you all his time if you wanted to. And he talked to everybody who wanted to talk to him and uh, the stature of where he is and how he co-created WordPress and the way he interacted with everybody and how much time he gave me that really left an impact on me. And I've, I've remembered that ever since. Oh, it's wisdom teeth. Wow. That's, that's an interesting story. I didn't, I didn't know that you, you on Twitter today, you did share a video. That's not the video you shared today of him speaking. Was it? Yes. That's the, that's, that's the, uh, no, no, no. That was when he was at WordCamp Chicago. The only video that I know of, and I don't think you can get to it anymore. It was taken by John Podizides. He helped organize uh, WordCamp Dallas back in the day. He actually had a video recording of Matt doing his, his keynote session. But the last time I tried to access it, the video was no longer online. And as I was going back in time, looking through the various memories of WordPress and trying to find things, so much of the history now has just been erased. It's it's been it's become internet. Uh, uh, what do they call that? Internet, not internet garbage, but sort of the the lost the lost part of the web. And you know, for for many people, that's a good thing. And for others, as a historian like me who likes to go back and look at these websites and videos and these and these photos from all these events back in the day, because back in two thousand eight, most of us, a lot of us, were kids. We were just turning 20, maybe 21. I was like 300 pounds less heavy than I was now. I can't believe it. But um, we like grew up with WordPress. And now some of us are half the age or twice the age of WordPress. And and a lot of that history, link rot, that's what I was saying. A lot of this WordPress history is becoming lost to the point of it's irrecoverable. And it's just, it only exists in people's heads as memories. And it's very sad. Yeah, and that's... That's a big reason why I like, especially in this social age now where like you put a lot of stuff into a social network, even small things that don't seem important. Um, that's why I built davidbissett.social to like suck in anything instantly from not just Twitter and uh, Mastodon, but like anything on GitHub now or anything on Tumblr or LinkedIn. It's like, you never know where it's, you know, it may be gone tomorrow and you can't wait. You can't rely on the internet archive to, uh, keep that around. Uh, and it is part of WordPress history. So like, thankfully now so much for, for a decade or more has been, has been archived in like WordPress.tv. But I mean, stuff like that, like, um, I shared a link, um, the video's not working for me, but this is probably what you were probably referencing in terms of the link where the video wasn't working. Um, apparently this was not a state of the word. It was a lecture on WordPress 2.5 and beyond from Dallas, 2008. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I may give it the old college try uh, later on, um, but there is no, there's no video showing up on the page here. So I imagine it is, it is. I, I, I know I tried to write about it and I referenced it one time on the tavern, but I don't know if I, I tried to contact John 
and I tried to say, hey, can I please have a copy of this video if it exists, or can you please give me access to this so I can upload it and preserve it? And he never got back to me. Well, it's um, it's on Vidler, uh, the where I found it. That yeah, sounds like a very unusual Spider-Man villain. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I never heard, never heard of that one before. Okay, well, great. Um, so that that covers a, that covers like a quite a big span there. So Ken had WordCamp US twenty eighteen. Ray had Europe in twenty fifteen. Eric had Philly in twenty eleven. We're going down, and Jeff finally in two thousand and eight. Um, as for me, um, uh, I, you know, like I've done work camp Miami for so long. I thought our 10th anniversary, which was eighties themed went up pretty well. We had a thousand people. We had Matt show up. It was fun. Um, I talk about that later. Um, 2019 was also a favorite for me because, um, I don't know, as a father, my daughter like disappeared where I was sitting, we were sitting together. She disappeared during the state of the word. And like, I saw her the next, I looked up and there, she was asking a question to Matt, about about kids in WordPress and um, yeah, it was actually it was very well done. Just from the photography standpoint, I had a really good picture of my kid I could take home. So, and then there was um, and we'll get into another memorable WordCamp moment in our next round, which is by the way, state of the word announcements. So this could be not uh, you don't have you are picking the announce the part of the state of the word announcement, not the entire. Thing itself. So if all of you pick the same WordCamp or state of the word bit from, from a WordCamp, then that's fine. Just you can't pick the same part out of that. Uh, anyway, who am I saying? I'm allowing. If, if anyone here point. says learn JavaScript deeply, I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just take that immediately off the table? We shall see. So can you start us off? What's, what, what's a state, by the way, these are just, I, the state of the word doesn't have to have been the ones that he, that uh, Matt has given at a word camp. Um, obviously when COVID started, he switched to the online versions of that. Um, I think he did it with the first, first year, I believe. Right. And then there was virtual only. And then I believe starting in 2021, we, he started hosting them in a small crowd in the Tumblr offices. Could have my dates on that. So they're in, we associate them with state of the or with WordCamp US's, but it doesn't have to be. So these are just whether however he delivered it, it was a state of the word. So can you start off first? Um, that being said, because I wanted to clarify those those uh, those rules. I feel like I've been down this road. There's a there's a couple of things that stand out to me. Um, that I'm trying to really, really decide, but I guess I only can choose one. And I think it's that 2018 announcement where he said to, and I know you're going to hate it, Jeff, I'm sorry, but he says to learn blocks deeply. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> Did he, <laughs> he say blocks? To, he said to learn yeah. blocks deeply. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, at, at Nashville, at the um, state, say the word. He said, learn blocks deeply because being that Gutenberg was the next revolutionary thing in the editor, he clearly learning stuff deeply is a very good catchphrase for Matt. So that's what he said. And that's okay. what, and go check out the video. He said, learn blocks deeply. Okay. So LBD. All right. <laughs> that works for me. Ray, how about you? Which, which announcement you want to throw on the table here? 
Yeah, in a similar vein to Ken, um, I was tossing up between 2017 and 2018, but I'll go with 2017. Um, you know, during the state of the word, um, Matthias Ventura got up and, and um, did his demo of, of Gutenberg. And um, Matt's really good at, um, you know, throwing out these one-liners, hey. Um, he said something like... Um, I love this great quote that I came across in my prep. Um, Matt Mullen had said uh, when describing Gutenberg, think of it as a thing that will be here for a while. And uh, it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was horrible for me. Just, you know, the, that was the state of the word where, you know, that was the beginnings of the, the Gutenberg project roadmap, you know, the four different phases. And, of course, in then in 20, uh, 2018, he added on uh, collaboration and um, internationalisation um, phases for the roadmap. And, uh, yeah, in 2023, here we are, still uh, still working on Gutenberg, but um, uh, with the, the, the beta tag removed now from the side editor. Yay! No more beta! <laughs> no more beta! Well, didn't he? Didn't he? Hasn't um, Matt's been consistent with his message for a while that he expects Gutenberg to outlive or outlast or outgrow WordPress? Yeah, I think that's the goal because I don't, I think when I was listening to his message, of course, it wasn't the state of the word in San Diego, yes, last year, um, 2022. But he did say that he would love for the editor to eventually replace the what you see is what you get editor. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, looking at that, because he's hoping it could be implemented onto other platforms that could utilize something like a Gutenberg editor. We're already seeing it outside WordPress, right? Yes. You're talking about what? Um, yeah, it's available in Drupal. Tumblr too, right? Mm -hmm. Tumblr too. And I think now that they purchased day one, I would not be surprised to see Gutenberg make his way there too. So definitely. But that, and that started, I think Ray is, is good in pinpointing that year in terms of 2017, where we started to get that hint where it was going to be not just for WordPress, but something much larger. That's a good one to keep in mind. All right, Eric, you're up. All right. So I think the moment that WordPress, Camps became kind of a really big national deal is 2014 when uh, Matt announced that WordCamp USA would be taking over for WordCamp San Francisco. Remember, San Francisco used to be the main event in America every year. Um, and he also talked about, you know, the potential for other anchor WordCamps in other continents. And so, of course, we have WordCamp Europe and now the first... Uh, WordCamp Asia this past year, I thought that was, you know, kind of a, a precursor, um, kind of a big announcement at the time that, you know, it wouldn't just be centered in Silicon Valley anymore, that it would be kind of a, a roving event in different places. And I also have to note that I'm looking at a, a, a Tavern article from uh, the event in 2014, and David is actually uh, quoted on here in a tweet that uh, he is quoting Matt. So, you know, it kind of comes full circle a little bit. As David disappeared, I don't know where you went. I don't know where I went. 
you know, you know, as as you say that, there, as um, as now we're in sort of the after pandemic era. I mean, the pandemic's not over; we're still in the midst of the COVID pandemic. But as conferences come back, there is interest, and there are a handful of handful of people currently working on trying to get a WordCamp Canada to go, uh, trying to get that established. So it'd be it'd be cool to see something Canadian based happen in the future. I remember all the. You know, since we're talking WordPress history here, remember all the various uh, various discussions we had with WordCamps over the years. Um, if I step on your pick, Jeff, just let me know. But I, uh, I'm just talking about like in broad in general. Like, like there was there was talk about WordPress conferences. Like, what were, if you could do it on a cruise ship, for example? <laughs> I remember there was there was people trying to look into that. I remember there being some discussion of like what constitutes a like what constitutes a location, right? Like is was like WordCamp Southeast US? Is that a could that is that a thing? Is it a state? Is it a city? You know, as and we all grew up. Uh, there used to be, or I say used to be, but I, it could still be a, a thing. Remember, this is like WordCamp, um, WordCamp Northeast. I'd like to say, but that's not it. it like Mid Atlantic was it? Mid Atlantic, yeah. And then I guess there's. Was there ever a WordCamp Australia, Ray? No, there hasn't been a national one, but there's talk of one. Well, there has been kind of rumblings of one for next year, but I, I don't know any more about that. I'd love to see one, though. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was there for coming back to Eric's pick. I was there for it. Was anybody, did anybody see it virtually or was it there for the 2014 San Francisco one? I I uh, I attended the last WordCamp San Francisco. That was that the had. one, right? That was 2014, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Must have been 2014, and I got to experience the uh, fire alarm at 2 a.m. in the hotel. There was a scenario <laughs> that seems to happen at every WordCamp now. That was also wasn't there also there was also like a um, medical thing happening there. I remember being outside, being forced outside. There was an alarm pulled or something. Uh, I thought it was a medical related emergency. And anyway. I was with John Jacoby outside and everybody was outside waiting to come back in. I don't know. I could be getting my medical emergencies mixed up. I'm getting to that. No, no I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was a fire alarm and, and everybody, it was during the day. It was during a session or just after lunch or something. Everybody had to go outside and then everybody was allowed back in. Yeah, so that was fun. Nice, good force networking perspective there. All right. So yeah, I, I've, I was never the, biggest fan because of being from Florida, that's, that's kind of like a long flight to San Francisco. And I think now it's probably all for the best because, um, to, to mix up the cities and everything. So anyway, that's, that's just, just me. Well, so that's a good, point. I had, I had one question for the panelists here since we're on WordCamps here before we move on before 2020, everywhere you looked, there's WordPress meetups or WordCamps, WordCamps for this city, that size city, two in one city, if you wanted to, after 2020, COVID has wrecked conferences, has wrecked meetups. And I wonder, are we ever going to get back to that same saturation point of where we're actually talking about, well, there's too many word camps or there's too many meetups? Uh, because if you look at the word camp schedule, and some of them haven't been added yet to their schedule, they're still a work in progress, but there are not too many scheduled this year uh, for you know uh, actual word camps, at least in the U.S., I think that's happening to the industry as a whole too. I, and it's kind of, that's, that's a little bit for me, it's kind of an apples and oranges comparison, but it does give me a little bit of an inkling in terms of conferences in general, because WordCamps are volunteer based. 
and most of the other conferences aren't, they're usually paid, but even the paid ones have slowed down a little bit. And there's a whole bunch of different theories because of that, which I won't, I won't go into, but, um, uh, yeah, I think, oh, if you look at WordCamp's or WordPress's 20 year history, this is definitely kind of a little bit like somebody shook the etch a sketch a little bit and wiped away a little, uh, wiped things away. And I think it'll, I think it's going to come back, but it's probably not going to be as quickly as we think. And it may not be in the same way we're used to going. Cause I think we were running on autopilot a lot for a lot of those conferences, find speakers, yeah. find tracks, put talks in boom, done, you know, and a lot of that kind of depends on your area. Um, I'd like to see, use this opportunity to hopefully see some different things too. But yeah, I see the same thing you do, Jeff. Yeah, me too. I've seen it. Um, I read an article for Master WP last year about that, I guess, phenomenon in Australia. A lot of the WordCamp organisers, or WordPress um, meetup organisers I spoke to, were starting to get really burnt out in the lead up to the pandemic because there was often just one or two people, mostly one person, organising the meetups on their own. And they saw the pandemic as an excuse to say, see ya, I'm going to step away for a while and take a break because I'm burnt out. Um, and a lot of these people um, are, are trying to start things back up but realise that they need some help. So it's it's just a matter of more people stepping up and, and offering to help out. Um, yeah, it would be, it'd be nice to see more activity happening in person. But, yeah, like David was saying, like we just need those volunteers to to turn up. There's nothing wrong with smaller word camps too. Size isn't everything. I'd rather have a different format or something unique. It's like where we live in South Carolina, like Columbia, we have the one in Greenville, I think before um, the pandemic, Myrtle Beach was getting ready to start one up. And then we were close to Charlotte. And I think Charlotte was getting ready to start up their word camp. And so because we have these cities really in an hour and a half distance from Columbia, it was too much going on. Okay, I want to support Greenville and Charlotte and um, Myrtle Beach and Atlanta, where I think, you know, to some extent, it would be better to have one big state location, like, you know, maybe a revolving just like uh, WordCamp US, where it revolves to different cities here in South Carolina, we can do Greenville, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, um, and just mix it up. But I think bringing all those pieces together into one big order another team would be better because like you said you're end up in a place where everybody's kind of competing for hey we're the best word camp no we're the best word camp in mighty clearly it's the best word camp in florida there's no denying that but there's other great word camps I, <laughs> we've, been, well. we've been talking about that I, that idea has come up more than once like hey we do florida let's all everybody in florida get together and we'll we'll pick a central location or something but yeah Sp speaking of which jeff i i don't want to get i don't want to move on though we've i want to get your pick so What's your, what's your uh, state of the word pick? Okay. So my state of the word pick is a little obscure, but it's important to me. I went through it. It was a fun time during the midst of covering all things WordPress. And it comes from WordCamp Chicago, 2009. Mm -hmm. Matt Mulloway announced that the WordPress themes directory would add a section for commercial themes that were 100% GPL licensed. And what this did is it provided an incentive for commercial theme companies to embrace the license while getting a large amount of exposure. And one of the reasons why it's so memorable to me is because throughout the time period of 2009 to 2012, a lot of commercial theme companies in the WordPress space were just, were just 
starting to learn what the GPL was. And Matt was very heavy on pushing about the four freedoms and embracing the freedoms. And so many of us in the WordPress community had no idea what he was talking about. What is this license? And why would we give away our things for free? And a lot of theme companies were restricting usage on images and themes and limiting people to what they could and couldn't do. And so there was a lot of education that happened throughout the WordPress theme community between those years. And one of the most memorable high profile debates about the GPL came between Matt Mulloway and Chris Pearson. Uh, I was du- just going to bring D- that up. Yeah. Of <laughs> DIY themes. That's the most recognizable debate that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't been settled. I mean, everything's quieted, but we've seen it flare up time and time again over the years a little bit. But now, I, I really, looking back on it now, I'm very happy and appreciative of Matt pushing so hard and getting so many resources out there at the various work camps and sessions and roundtables and meetings about the GPL and trying to educate everyone as much as possible about what the four freedoms are, what they stand for, what it means for the foundation of WordPress and, and what it does for the end user and how companies can benefit. And while there are still companies skirting the lines and trying to do things that aren't really the GPL way. I think because of all that education, because of the foundation that Matt laid with these companies and volunteers, that so many companies that came afterwards have embraced the GPL and it hasn't been as big as a problem as it could be. What was his name again? Who? The, um, Chris Pearson. (laughs) Yeah, that was Chris person. Yeah. Yeah. DIY themes, most notably uh, famous for the thesis theme. Yeah. Uh, when, remember when they um, they were on the same show together? Yes. What, what was, I was looking at, I was trying to look that up. It was a podcast. It was by a gentleman. I forget the name of it, but he hosted the debate between the two. And it was... Uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was great popcorn eating entertainment. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, I but it's, it's, it's still out there. I'm pretty sure it's still out there. And didn't Matt at one point mention um, that he bought thesis.com eventually? Oh, well, that's, I think that was at a, a word, yeah. a word state of the word address. Wasn't it? No, there's, there's thesis theme or something. And there is some copyright and trademark stuff that got involved between the two. And he it's admitted always been later, messy. He admitted later he did, yeah. but I don't think he, I forget what he admitted at the time. I, he did something. Over I think Twitter. he's, he talked about something. I, I want to say he said something like something like, if you don't believe me, go visit thesis.com. Uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Right. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so everybody goes there and sees, Oh, that was that site. Yeah. <laughs> And and the interesting thing, another interesting tidbit about the announcement when he when he announced the uh, the GPL kind of commercial license directory is Matt actually, or actually no, this was during a debate with Chris Pearson. Matt volunteered. He says, if anybody wants to buy a hundred percent GPL licensing from one of these companies, I will buy it for you. And he spent a considerable amount of money on purchasing all these GPL license themes for people that took him up on his offer, and uh, that did not make Chris happy. Good Lord, man, that was, see, that was, um, according to this, it was maybe in 2010, they had that conversation, but I mean, obviously prior, it was building up to that for a, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So I was, 
I, I was still in that phase in my participation with the WordPress community where I was using WordPress. We started WordCamp Miami in 2008. So I was, I was firmly in the, I was firmly in the community at that point, but I was just ignoring all of that high level stuff. Like, you know, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the high level GPL, whatever, as long as WordPress is there for me next week, I'll, I'll be fine. But yeah, that was one of, that was, I think one of the first major, major times Matt really put himself out there. In mm. I think I mean, that's I mean, notable. I, that's very yeah. notable. Cause I can't remember I him would, prior being in any sort of um, controversial light one way or the other. Yeah. I was reading about it yesterday, actually. It's just so fascinating looking back on that history. Um, I found an old interview he did with um, Siobhan McKeon um, for the, the WordPress, you know, the first 10 years book. Um, and oh, how awesome. Matt was, That's an awesome interview. Yeah. And he was itching to take the court, the, the case to court to have the GPL in, in you know, um, that whole debate in court. And he was, I guess, disappointed that it, it didn't go that far, but um yeah, just I've got to add also, it was really, um, I had a bit of a laugh when I saw in post status Slack recently, I think it was um, Carl Hancock who'd, who'd put, who'd asked ChatGBT to, um, you know, talk about the history in, I think, song or rhyme or something. And it was just amazing <laughs> what <laughs> ChatGBT came back with the whole history, but um, in, a, in a format that was a bit fun to read. All right. I agree. It was amazing. <laughs> okay. So we've covered our WordPress versions. We've done our WordCamps. Um, we have our, now we've had our uh, state of the word and we've, so let's, we're going to use the rest of the time that we have to kind of chew the fat a little bit on, on any various corner of the WordPress history that, that we want to chew on. I'm going to get things started here. So uh, I, and, but this is now open, this can be open format just for the sake of time. I don't want to put anybody on the spot now, since with, with all the history that's been going on, especially since, uh, Ken's pick of WordPress 5.0, if, if, if you could boil it down to a single theme or a couple of words, what would you want a Gutenberg phase five to be? I'll give you a minute. I can edit this this silence out so you can take okay it. can you add the Je jeopardy theme song it'd be great it's a great time for it <laughs> just don't overthink it but i mean we have four phases of gutenberg right maybe i'll, I'll pull that up because they do have names attached to them right gutenberg uh four three phases. is collaboration i think four is uh here's translations here's, internationalization yeah so here they are according to google um Phase one is easier editing with the block editor or just the block editor. Two is full site editing. Three is multi-author collaboration. And four is the multilingual support. If you had to add on a fifth, and now keep in mind, the fifth stage will not start anytime soon. So, what, so if you want to be a little forward thinking. So um, feel free. I would probably throw out there um and this i guess it's something that we're seeing in a lot of other tools but um ai you know we're seeing tools like notion um google docs is experimenting with it but you know autocomplete with ai um be interesting to see that um and it might be something you, you know we're seeing a lot of as, as you're um covering david on um wp front page um we're seeing a lot of tools that are incorporating ai um, that might be something that we see in Gutenberg eventually. Yeah. What if, 
I always thought like, what if you could just tell it and it would build the Gutenberg theme for you or a Gutenberg site for you, and then you could kind of take it from there. Well, well, I I, I can tell you there there are companies right now working with AI, and they're gonna attach it to their onboarding process, and you tell the AI prompts. What area of business are you in? What customers are you looking for? What do you like in your site? And it will build you a theme and design and have content ready to go for you. And that's that's where we're headed. <laughs> do you? What is your what What are your thoughts? We've just for the next. I was going to say the next twenty years of WordPress because we've we've done twenty already. But even for the first next five. So if we're sitting here talking about twenty on the twenty fifth anniversary. What do you think is going to be the biggest thing that we're going to talk about over the, that is there anything that's going to outshadow the release of the block editor or is, do you think that it's going to be, uh, you know, slow, but linear progress? Do you think that there's anything that we're going to go wow in five years? Do you think it's AI or do you think it's maybe if, if there was a phase five, is it going to be like, like, We'll have more better media uh, or asset management. Or I did a poll on this a little bit a while ago, and people were just talking about m- image and you know asset management and and AI. And then people also obviously want the the the, the other answers. Obviously, there was accessibility in there, but I, I feel some of that stuff can be included. And in, we work on that continuously. But is there going to be another big wow factor in the next five years? Here's yeah. here's um, yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Uh, and it's one thing, and matter of fact, David, you just mentioned it um, in the post status um, chat, maybe yesterday or the day before. A dedicated location where all the notifications will be at so people don't have to go and scroll through all the notifications <laughs> and click X's and get rid of all of that stuff because that is the biggest vein of existence right now. I mean, just to have to go through it. I'm sorry if that triggers me a lot. No, let's talk. WordPress. <laughs> let's talk about all the, the, the memes that have made fun of WordPress over the years, starting with the admin notification system. Go ahead, Ken. Like, like we just, I mean, there are so many other platforms that have done notifications so seamlessly and everything is right there. And all you have to do is just dismiss it. Or if you need to install something, you just press a little button to update or install or whatever. But now it's become such a commercial grab of sorts. Like, hey, here, have you ever tried? Have you tried our premium? Or have you tried this? Or maybe you forgot to do this. And now what you went on to your website originally to do in the back end, now you're inundated with a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't mean anything to you, except it's an upsell. So I would love a much focused, dedicated section. And I know they're working on that. And I'm super excited about the project. Even if you take any marketing out of it. Pardon me, David, would you like to upgrade to the pro version? I'd like to. (laughs) If there's a pro version of my life, I would love to. I would love to. I'm just 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 reenacting the WordPress dashboard right now. Even if it's just alerts, you either I still see WordPress websites that just like, just on the fact is of... um, um, uh, this needs to be updated or, or just the fact is that, um, kind of getting on a side point here, literally, it's like, sometimes when I install a plugin, I can't find it like where, 
like where it installed on the side menu. Is it, is it own menu? Is it like, so the consistency of the notices and the menu placement of where plugins go, I think I, I like to piggyback off of Ken's idea and just, I would love to see that. And I don't want this to turn into a love to see, like pick apart WordPress um, now, cause that's a different podcast, but like, I would certainly like to see that as part of WordPress's history moving forward. What do you think? You can make, you can make that your 20th birthday wish for WordPress. Make it a birthday wish. Uh, last time I made a last time I made any sort of wish, I had three kids. So I think I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna bow out on that. Um, you can't. But um, on another subject, though, you can't talk about WordPress's history, especially all of us are old enough to remember. Um, like I'll throw out. Remember WP Candy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, I just wanted to throw that name out there. I really don't have anything much to go about that. We had a lot of interesting experiments. The first 10 years of WordPress was really, really interesting. You had news sites getting off the ground, um, magazines that didn't make it. Uh, you had uh, people that kind of were there one next day and gone from the WordPress community, disappeared or something. And then you had people that stuck it around. And this is when Said Balki, when Pippin, when all of these people created a single plugin or single blog and then started a massive, um, you know, relatively speaking, massive empire from there, right? And today we see some of these still exist. Some of them exist as ac as um, acquisitions or or different forms. So we so when I ask this question, I am I am really focused on on your perspective of, of remembering the early days of WordPress, what would you say is the biggest acquisition that has affected, has affected WordPress's uh, history or could affect WordPress's history? Oh, I would throw out there uh, automatic buying WooCommerce. That was a pretty big one. That's one that has come up in discussion. Yes, very much. Why so? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess at the time, it, everyone, there was a lot of surprise in the community because people were expecting, well, maybe Automatic will build their own tool. No one was really expecting that they'd buy WooCommerce. Um, and it, it marked a, a big shift in um, WordPress moving away from being just a blogging platform to a, a competitor with, with um, e-commerce platforms. Um, and it's been interesting to see how it's, it's evolved and has allowed um, uh, WordPress to compete more with, you know, uh, platforms like Shopify. Eric, I, if I can. I, yeah, I oh, want to sorry, get your. I, I know you have to leave soon, Eric, and we're going to be wrapping this up shortly. But I wanted to get your two cents in. Yeah, I, I just to expand on what Ray was is talking about. I I can tell you as a WooCommerce user at that time running an update of that software was like torture because something would always break. And I don't mean that in any way to disparage the people working on it, because I know they were working very hard, but Automatic's acquisition brought a level of stability in time that I, I don't cry when I update WooCommerce anymore. And <laughs> so I thank them for that. Um, it, it's actually worked out really well, uh, I think, for WordPress. And it's it's brought a level of stability to the software and to the ecosystem around it. So I just wanted to add that in. Jeff, in your times covering with WP Tavern, maybe, do you have an acquisition that stuck out? No, I mean, there's there's so many. I think just a collection of all the various services as a whole that forms automatic is, is really 
really the big one. I mean, uh, yeah, WooCommerce is is way up there in terms of the biggest one, but I I can't nothing really sticks out to me off the off the top of my head. How about here's mine? Um, I think Tumblr has a good potential. Um, it hasn't turned a profit yet, according to Matt. Um, but I think with I'm it, it still has that potential for me to to kind of represent Gutenberg outside of the WordPress space that we talked about. It is there in Tumblr now. Um, I thought that was a really big announcement, and the way that that way that acquisition went, where it was pennies on the dollar, like they got it for a steal. And um, Matt is now the like still I think the CEO um, right now, which is an amazing feat considering everything else he has to balance well, himself with. Well, the the awesome thing for Matt and Tumblr and WordPress is that Tumblr they they it's it's entirely a different audience from WordPress. It's the younger generation. It's you look at how they market it, how they tweet things. Everything is like cool, hip, meme, let's just have fun type of deal. It's like it's like a totally separate thing. It's all it's all about the younger generation. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes into play later on for WordPress's future. Ken, did you have something? I, I think you, say, what was really interesting about the Tumblr acquisition was we had just reached that point where a lot of people were very interested in Tumblr, and then of course the accusation, the scandal type stuff. Okay, what are people doing on the platform? This platform is just letting people with the wild west at that point. And so people are like, oh gosh, Tumblr is going to the wayside, like another social media network that may go to the wayside, but we'll see. Um, so at that point, when Matt made that acquisition, it's like, oh, there's somebody actually saving Tumblr. And it's, you know, Matt, it's automatic, it's WordPress, you know? And I think that actually put a bigger spotlight on WordPress because it's like, okay, the owner, co-owner, co-founder of WordPress is putting money into Tumblr. Hey, maybe there's more to this community. Maybe there's more to this WordPress thing than, and I mean, I was looking at data just um, the other, you know, earlier this week when we were talking about trying to get this together. I mean, WordPress has grown almost 15% in five years based on numbers, 30% to 43. So that just means more people have been checking out WordPress and I mean, it could simply mean people, same people are just installing it onto different domains, but I would feel there's a lot more people trying to learn about WordPress because there's so much opportunity in the space. Right. I'm trying to think of anything that could be left. I mean, 20 years is a long time. Uh, I, I have something I would, if you would great, if you would, uh, it would be awesome if I could mention two things. Oh yes. First time caller. Go ahead. <laughs> East for the Rockies. Um, so it's, I know it may sound like we're harp. I might be going back and harping on WordPress 5.0, but in terms for me, the most historical significant WordPress release has to be WordPress 5.0 Bebo because it represents a delineation of before and after Gutenberg. Before WordPress 5.0, it was tiny MCE, visual editor, short codes. After 5.0, it's a visual block building interface. It's a huge change that took place in December of 2018, and we're still going through it today, and we're going to be going through it for the foreseeable future. So WordPress 5.0, I mean, it's a, it's a, it cannot be understated how big of a milestone release that is. And the other thing I was thinking about, and I saw this in a Slack channel the other day, and it's had me thinking for weeks now, and they brought up the fact that the first 20 years of WordPress – a lot of companies 
started in the WordPress space and were built and maintained and spearheaded by the WordPress community. They helped them grow all the customers. They leaned on the community. They gave back in the community. 20 years into WordPress now, 20 years later, a lot of these companies are huge. They're big. They no longer they no longer need the WordPress community. If, if WordPress disappeared, if the community disappeared, they would just go on continuing to make money. And I was thinking about, that's a very sad, very sad thought for me that the influence and the community and what we did for these initial companies that if really, if we just disappeared, they would go about their way, they'd still profit and losing us wouldn't make a difference to them. And man, that it sucks to think about that because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the WordPress community, I think has really matured over the past 20 years too, overall. And we've always had those points in time where there's that WP drama, um, which I think now that term is, that term originally started, that term has evolved over time. And we've seen it in social media where a word has originated and it's been appropriated by someone. It's turned into something that previously had meant to be slightly enough, slightly different, but enough to, I don't use that term on social anymore because now it's 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 taken on a different meaning than I remember it to be very very early on but even with that there was always there's been controversies and and things throughout the community and the community for most part I think has done very well handling it I remember um throughout throughout WordPress's history there's always there was always that um conspiracy that automatic was you know fill in the blank <laughs> automatic was was doing things um various things, but, but, it, and I remember um, various people would ask Matt at state of the words about transparency. And I think 5.0 really was a, was a, was a milestone. I, I don't know milestones the word, but like when 5.0 came out and Matt was remember again, that was a very hectic weekend and Matt was concluding the state of the word. And we had people asking questions and a lot of that transparency stuff really came, came about. I, I don't know if that's where the, um, remember the governance project, I think that maybe probably had its start in there. Everybody's shaking their heads yeah. for people who are just listening, not seeing the video, the governance project, uh, about that. And, uh, I think transparency has gotten better over the years since then, especially, especially with Josepha. But then I think also there's all these other opportunities the community has. Remember loop loop conference. Um, if anybody remembers that, um, uh, there's a nice link of the tavern. Uh, there's actually a nice link. You actually wrote about that on the tavern, Jeff, believe it or not. Um, remember the ticket prices? Uh, you don't say. Yeah. Well, actually, no, actually, that was Sarah. I, I think oh. it was Sarah in 2014, but I think you were still involved at, at the time. I remember you being involved in that. I've I've wrote at least about one loop comp that happened in Utah. And Ryan what, Sullivan was behind it. He helped organize it. And the other conference in Arizona, um, uh, Pagely... Yeah, I know. I keep drawing a blank on that too. For uh, Pressnomics. Pressnomics. There you go. And there was, there was another conference that was up in the Midwest near Minneapolis called Prestige. Yeah. And there was also dedic ones dedicated to just publishing. So like it's all of this ingenuity from the WordPress community that's kind of really kept it strong. So we've, is, the, is there anything that I just want to, as we close down here, I just want to be sure if there's anything left on your list, big or small, that you think that we haven't covered over the last 20 years and the next the last 90 minutes that you think that um, is worth mentioning at all? I'll go real quick. You mentioned something about the future of WordPress, like within five years. I think it would be great 
if somehow we got we upgrade the data set of all the various AI bots that get together, they create great code and Uh-oh. they redo the WordPress media library. So it's done. Nobody has to code it. The bots will do it for us and we'll finally have something that's great to use. All right. That's and the- then and then um that's the plot the, to terminator five by the way <laughs> but uh but 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 my personal wish five years from now i hope that the wordpress back end gets some sort of redesign because i would like it to be modern i don't want to log into yes. wordpress and feel like i'm some data entry specialist i want it to like greet me i want it to be i want to look forward to going into the wordpress back end i want to look forward to going into the editor and writing my posts and doing what I have to do. And I hope that within the next five years, we can get to that point. Yeah, redo the admin interface a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's always been, I, I like to see, since we're talking about the future, I would just like to see more time and attention directed uh, toward uh, once Gutenberg phases are over. Uh, addressing that kind of miscellaneous stuff would be great. Um, and while catching up on bug fixes and things that we need to do in the meantime, you know, WordPress needs it. If you're a Mac user, if you remember Snow Leopard, was a release that Apple very mostly just paused and just did a cleanup of stuff. And I'd like to see that for maybe one WordPress release and then kind of go forward from there, but also still be competitive. So, you know, you it never really stops. So that's, that's, that's my wish. Um, we've covered so much. If there's anything else, feel free to interject now, but there's, you can only cover so much in so many period of time. There's been so much happening over the WordPress over the years, some stuff worth remembering, some stuff that stayed with us. Um, I also like to remember um, all the people who, um, um, like Kim Parsons, is it Kim Parsons? Um, for mm-hmm. the people, she's the one, and I'm, I've talked about this in a previous podcast, so I'm not going to go into deeply here, but people in the WordPress community that, are, that have passed away, um, we, I, we do a good job as a community remembering them through various grants and um, various ways to remember them every year as well. So. Yeah, I, I, now that you bring it up and because of my background of writing WordPress news. Some of the hardest posts I've ever had to write throughout my WordPress career are obituaries. And for the longest time, I didn't have to write one. And then I finally had to, and that was, uh, that was tough to do. Yeah. I really appreciate all the, all, all that level of dedication is not something you see every day. So whether, whether it's uh, people working with the kids camp programs or, or working on diversity, um, um, especially Ken, 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 uh, the, um, you know, um, uh, all of the other things too, not just conferences or like black press, for example, is a, it, that's how Ken reached out to me. And I, I, I think I put out a call on there to be honest with you, but yes, I yes. put it out a call a number of places and, and it, it's great to have these things created aside, um, that's, Maybe side's not the right word, but like we have post status, we have black press, we have all these member created organizations and I'm glad they exist because uh, my daughter's comfortable in going to very, in these various things. But, um, but also it's a great opportunity to see how big the WordPress community is and how good it is in the various niches, no matter what kind, whether it's an underrepresented group or it's somebody who just wants to learn this piece of JavaScript or this technology over here. Um, that's how I view the WordPress community as a whole. Um, so anyway, um, Ken, Ken black press is awesome. And I hope there, I do know that there are some things afoot within the community where a transgender type space is being created. So you look at black press, you look at what's being created here and because of our raucous society, we need these safe spaces. 
And so thank you, Ken, for creating Black Press and for everyone else out there. Thank you for creating safe spaces for members of our WordPress community to feel safe in. That and um, the younger community too. Yeah. I'm not the I'm not the creator. So I mean No, yeah, I'm sorry. So, did I say that, yeah, Ken? I just yeah, I just I'm found not, you I'm there. Not the creator. I, I'm I'm we connected one of there. The active owner organizers there. Um so you can go on the Black Press site. what's it um blackpresswp.com, I think that's what it is. But um, if you go there, then you can go and go to the media kit. You can see our founders, um, which is Joe, um, also um, Naisha, I think Ollie is there as well. So I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I am. Um, Destiny. Um, and so those are like the founders of the actual um, Black Press um, organization page and what we've been kind of doing is doing like rotating organizers because we know sometimes people have insights or inputs that they would love to share or provide or advise. And sometimes you don't always want to be the, the um, captain of the ship. So let's help other people spread their wings so they can provide an amazing opportunity to not only grow um, the whole diversity and inclusion piece, but also grow WordPress community as a whole. That's a good, good place to end because I think we are now out of, out of time. I want, yeah. So like everything that we've made, do me a favor, anything that you think that is worthy of throwing in the show notes, please do, because I can't, I won't be able to keep track of everything we just, we just came up with. Um, I really appreciate all your time. Let's go around one last time and do our, uh, just let people know where they can find you all. Um, so let's start with you, Ken. Sure. You can find me on social media. Like I said, be creative is be creative.net. That's the agency. But if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter as who am I these days? Here's my handle. <laughs> That's a good handle. Um, <laughs> as Kenneth speaks, my apologies. So you can find me on um, Twitter, Kenneth Speaks, I think also on Instagram, even though I'm not using Instagram like that. And then you can find me on LinkedIn as, I think, either Ken Elliott or Kenneth Elliott. Either way. Just Doing a fine job, Ken. Keep it up. Uh, you can, <laughs> I don't, these days I, I can't keep track too. I'm barely using Twitter nowadays, relatively speaking. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Orange Pasta. I can't remember. I can't keep these things straight either. Uh was that okay? I didn't want to, I want to make sure. No, that was, all. that was it. Okay. I, I think those are the big, the major ones. Social media is kind of the best place to find me. Good. And of course, and obviously, uh, obviously you're very easy to find with in, in black press as well. So I Absolutely. encourage people to reach out to you there. Ray, how can, how can people find you? Uh, you can find, uh, well, the repository website, uh, the repository.email is where you can sign up to um, my weekly email. And I'm also on, on Twitter, the repository WP on Twitter. Um, yes, come and subscribe and, and follow um, our WordPress news. Yeah. Thank you very much. By the way, you, uh, anybody who's been in it for that long in news deserves, uh, deserves some extra thanks for being part of the, being a stable news source in the WordPress community. Thank you. Uh, as you much. said, they get a uh, WordPress news um, like WPK to come and go. So uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I've got to hand it to Jeff as well for starting WP Tavern. And I, I, I also wanted to call out Sarah Gooding, who 
um, has done an incredible job as well um, as a as a WordPress historian over the years. She's been, I think, this year marks like ten years since she started at WP Tavern. So we recorded um, we recorded an episode with her last night. So hopefully, I'll share that with you. Do you remember there was what was the one news website that was crazy for a year or two, man? WP Daily. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could have ended this without at least mentioning that one. But anyway. that's that's the one that's the one that wrote and published a story about Andrew Nason getting married and everybody got really mad, said that's not WordPress news. Oh my god. All right. I didn't wow. even remember that. I, just, I I didn't even remember that one. All right. Poor poor Andrew. Eric, where can people find you? I'm still sticking it out on Twitter at uh, Karks88. And you can also find me at Karks.com. And you do work for WP Minute? Yeah, I'm at WP Minute. I'm at Specky Boy. I'm pretty much everywhere you want to be. And Jeff, <laughs> to, clo- to close things out. Uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffro, J-E-F-F-R-0, or until at least until Elon burns it down. Um, if you want to support independent news in the WordPress space, check out WP Minute by Matt Medeiros and the folks over there. Please consider contributing. Uh, independent news is great and we need more of it. It costs money, time and money to, to do news and not a lot of people or organizations want to pay for it. So check that out. And last but not least, Ray, you are awesome. The repository is awesome. Your accent is awesome. And thank you to whoever came up with the title of WordPress historian. The first time I read that, I was like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So I am, that, that mantle definitely needs to be uh, grasped by people a lot more qualified than, than anybody on the likes of me. Um, you can find me, um, on, I'm on Twitter still at, at dimension media, davidbissett.com, davidbissett.social. You'll be able to find me anywhere on there. I keep a repo of all my social media there, but also all the links there various. Well, my daughter and I run wpfront.page. So that is just a collection of curated links. But if you have an RSS feeder, or you want to visit a couple of times a week, that's great too. So I want to I want to thank everyone for their time. I greatly appreciate it. And it was nice going through these, um, this, this uh, history that we kind of all collectively shared and most of us have experienced and going down memory lane. But anyway, thank you all again. And um, you have a, we'll, we'll look forward to our next, to touching base in a year or two. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Say goodbye, Jeff. Uh, goodbye, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the WP Minute Plus, deeper insights and conversations from around the WordPress community. If you're looking for our weekly newsletter and short form news podcast, head over to the wpminute.com slash subscribe. And if you want to support our efforts, join our Slack community for $79 a year at the wpminute.com slash support.